So after 20 years as a journalist, Justin quit his job and started his own company. In 2018, he made more money than he had ever made in his life, but he'd never been more miserable. Then he started to get into masterminds and coaching and it changed everything for him. So he founded a PR firm called Brepic Communications, an exclusive connectivity platform called Brepic Network, which helped him align with more of his true purpose. So he's doing amazing things. And he's written two best-selling books, Epic Business and Epic Life. And I plan on getting the Epic Business because what we talk about in this conversation, he addresses a lot in um, in these books. So if you're definitely, if you're interested in growing your business, you want to grow, you want to grab that book. He has built an exceptional international network of extraordinary people. And he believes strongly in the power of introduction and creating important relationships. So we dive into this conversation. The first bit we're talking about hockey. So if you're not a hockey fan, well, tune in. It's a fun conversation. We talk about it because a lot of it has to do with the story. We talk about entrepreneurship and the adversity that you have to go through. And it's very similar to sports. We dive into his story. We dive into what his fundamentals are, how important it is to have a good mindset and what it means to live an epic life and how important family is in the equation. So talk about a lot. It's a great conversation and I highly recommend you listen to it right to the end. Justin, welcome to University of Adversity, my friend. Good to see you again in your Montreal Canadiens, Patrick Waugh, 1993 Stanley Cup winning jersey and the Canada hat. Welcome. Yeah, we the North. We the North. The, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping uh, Oilers win it this year. Um, I mean, that's one of the greatest collections of, I'm going to go full Canadian here, uh, offensive talent. Offensive. Yeah. Uh, I've seen in a law. I mean, I hope they play Colorado again in the playoffs too, because I think that'll be a closer series. But we'll uh, see. You know what? I think this first round is going to be tough, no matter how you how we look is. at it. Like the thing is, is like it's a as soon as you get in the playoffs, it's a it's a new season, and yeah. I think all the teams are so good that yeah. it doesn't really matter your score in the in the no, season, what, you know but then so if you get it's it's crazy because if you lose in the first round it's so bad for you know it looks bad but really i mean there's great teams so it's like yeah it's tough it's it's going to be good i'm excited for for edmonton and the oilers and they're uh they're doing so well so yeah, I am. Well, there's, um, you know, I, I was a, a sports editor for a long time, and you played at a very, you played hockey at a very high level, and um, uh, one of the one of my most painful sports memories is the black. I'm, you know, we're in Chicago, so big yeah. black fan, and they won the president's uh, trophy uh, in '91. I mean, they were just that. That's the uh, for most points in the regular season, and then they lost in the first round to the Minnesota North Stars in six games. John. Casey. Oh yeah, I remember that. Like there was no way Minnesota should have beaten. Um, that's right. And then the last time the the Hawks won the President's Trophy, they got swept by the National Predators. So um, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a curse. Like I don't. I think that in Tampa Bay, same thing. I think Tampa Bay was first, and then they got they got beat. What year was that? 
Oh, they got beat by the, it was, uh, I think it was the Capitals. Um, yeah. And that was one of the worst, or maybe it was the Hurricanes. Because they were, that they won, they won the cup the year, they won the cup the year before. And then they, they have like 130 points. Yeah. In See, it's a curse, man. It's a curse. So it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's exciting and, the playoffs are full of challenges and adversity and being part of the show. This yeah. it's, it's, it really, well, yeah, you got to go through yeah, I mean, a ton of it. I mean, so like miraculously so thankful that the Blackhawks have won three Stanley cups in my lifetime. I never thought they'd win. I mean, I never thought they'd win one. And everything to me goes back to entrepreneur life and adversity and um, like to get through the Stanley Cup playoffs. That is the most I mean, because, you know, I saw the Blackhawks after they won and what they looked like. I mean, I'm sure they were happy after winning and their beards were still very long, but they just looked like they had been through like I mean, because that's two months of pure hell, really. I mean, yeah. it's just nonstop. And that's very similar to being an entrepreneur. I mean, it is like you just have to get through it. And then to your point earlier about anyone can beat anyone in the playoffs, the key is just getting in. And that's the key to being an entrepreneur is you just stay in the game. You do whatever you have to do to stay in the game, and then great things can happen. Yeah, that's a great point. That's so true. <clears throat> so you let's let's give everybody a little bit of a background about you. You were a journalist and a sports writer for years, right? And yeah. then and then you pivoted into entrepreneurship. Can you give us a little bit of a background? Because I think it's pretty cool. First of all, being a journalist, and now, you know, you're a best-selling author, you have a PR company, like all this cool shit. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background, man, because, I mean, you've had to go through quite a bit to get to where you are today, and you've accomplished quite a bit, which is pretty awesome. Thank you. Well, I mean, again, it all goes back to the adversity um, to simplify it most, what I've learned is the adversity is actually the key ingredient that if you don't go through it, if you don't go through some significant negatives or step steps backward, you can't go forward. Like it's actually part of the process and I've flipped it. So like any negative thing is actually a good thing. I'm like, Oh, this is what you have to, that's the ingredient you have to, to add to the, to the dish, to make it a successful meal. Like you just have to go through that. So, so that's the background, but um, I simplify everything into patterns. Everything to me is like taking all this complexity and simplifying it into, into pattern and an answer. Um, and so people like us are usually aliens within our own family community and vertical. Nobody understands us except top entrepreneurs on planet. I have not met one. All I do is talk to visionaries all day. I've not met one visionary not one that has not overcome at least one of the following four things. Basically, everyone I talk to now is threes and fours. Um, actually, most are all fours. So those four things are bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two, depression, uh, three, the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So humans, business owners, consultants, those are excuses for visionary entrepreneur, you know, that's entrepreneur life. That's, that's adversity. Figure it out. That's what separates entrepreneurs from, from humans. And, um, and then, so was a journalist for 20 years, created an entire first company based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years after job salary was cut in half, couldn't find a job. 
uh, incorporated with zero business background, uh, while working full time at half salary, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So, I mean, one out of a thousand said yes. Got fifth client, resigned next day. And then uh, at the time, he's since retired. But at the time, uh, Robert Feeder was top media columnist in the Midwest. He did a story I'd started my own firm. So that's that was just to start first company. Most people, they can't they can't do that. They're not they're not meant to be top entrepreneur on planet. But that's the essential ingredient to become top entrepreneur on planet is going through something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because what if somebody has gone through all of those things most of the people i talk to have most of the or, people i talk to so i can dovetail or close that. to or close yeah. to you know because that's what it is i and it's it's crazy because that's entrepreneur like when that's this, what it actually when is. this shit happens sorry to swear because i know your kids are in the background i'll keep oh they don't they swear more than you do. Oh, okay you're good. Yeah. um it's almost like you're absolutely right. And I haven't really heard somebody say it like that. It's like when it happens, you're like, oh, good. This is a good thing. Like I get a weird <laughs> rush. I get a weird rush from it because I know that there's a lesson in this that is yeah. going to be what I talk about later. Would yes. you agree? It's like, this oh, is the thing that this is the thing that is going to give me material later. This is going to be the thing. It's the like, ingredient. <laughs> yeah, it's, the ingredient is a perfect way to do it in your an ingredient to your recipe right. of entrepreneurship. It's like such a good word for it. Ingredient. So it's interesting. One, thank you for sharing that. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, so what, what I've learned is, and how I talk is um, unless someone's interviewing me like this, I'd rather, I'd rather listen. Uh, and then most of my days talking to top ideators and their idea, shiny object, idea, shiny object. And so you know, we'll meet for the first time and then they'll talk. They'll just ramble for 10 minutes. Um, and I always, then I bring up those all four things, <laughs> the four things. And then almost always they're like, check, 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 maybe check or check, 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 or check, maybe check, check, check. Um, when I first started first company, I was still talking to like employees or small business owners um, or consultants. And, and then most of those folks are actually one and two. So they weren't threes. And four. now it's all top visionaries. It's all threes and four. Can you explain that for people? Because they're hearing these numbers they may not know. Can you explain that? Oh, one out of those four things. They were one and two. Out oh, of okay. I thought you were talking about, because remember we did that assessment. There's Colby. Like a, the Colby assessment. Okay. That's what I thought you were referring to. Okay. I just didn't want to Got confuse it. anybody. Okay, okay. Yeah. So like, it was it was like um, the higher up on the food chain in terms of entrepreneurship, there was more, the, the, the damage was higher and higher and higher, like more damage. But then they have higher EQ, higher IQ. So on, what entrepreneurs, visionaries actually are, are um, they're the most damaged people with the best coping skills. So the most trauma, mm. most depression, the most anxiety, the most potential bankruptcy, but they have the highest IQ. They have the highest EQ. They have highest the highest bounce back rate too, I guess you'd say. Well, they don't, if that's the ingredient. And then, yeah. so I was talking to one of them um, and then you just have more about conversations. I was talking to one of Africa's top entrepreneurs. He's lost and gained millions, if not billions. Uh, he's definitely lost millions. He might've had billions. And then I was, I, I was telling him about the four things. And he, he evolved it. He's like, you have, he, this is him saying this, you have to go through all four. He said, you have to, as an entrepreneur, uh, to transform from pride to purpose. 
I don't necessarily agree with him that you have to go through all four, but I would say it certainly helps because there's only one direction to go if you've gone through all four. Do you think that there is any way to get to become successful without having to go through the struggle? Yes, I've, I've, um, well, there's two ways. One, if you're a silver spoon and you can take, you can evolve, um, you can evolve from what you've learned. Um, I met a guy at abundance 360. Uh, I was just at that event. Amazing event. He comes from four generations of, um, Brazilian entrepreneurship and wealth. So he learned that not only learned it directly, but it's just in his blood, literally. And then, but he's taking that to a much higher level, um, a much higher level. Now I'm, I didn't even, I didn't bring up the four things, but I'm sure talking to him, he's gone through those in some capacity, but definitely, he's definitely not all four. There's no, there's no way. So you, you can, um, you can, but I have not met, I have not met one visionary like us that hasn't had at least one of those. I, I just find it almost impossible for that. Although I always like exceptions. I always like exceptions and anomalies. I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Well, it also makes the, it makes the success taste that much better. It's, it's just like, let's go back to sports. And I, I always use the sports analogy. I always talk about my experience and with sports because it's shaped who I am today. And it was always better, even though we didn't want to be down in a series three, one out of the best of seven right. in the moment. It sucks. But I tell you what, when you win a game seven and you come back and you yeah. have all the blood, sweat, bruises, tears, and you have been able to come from being doubted and almost out to winning, there isn't really a better feeling on this planet than to feel like you have lost it all. And then to come back and to win it all. And that is so, I feel like it's so important in life and that really gives the fulfillment. It's the, it's, it's the journey. I know sometimes it's cliche. It's about the journey, but really it is though, because the thing that you accomplish isn't necessarily what it is that your soul is seeking. Your soul is seeking that growth of that that middle, that part of the up and coming. And you're like, wow, I did that. You're like, Oh, right. And it's, would you agree? Like the people you, you, you mix with some very high level people. And would that be sort of something that you hear often or is it like different? Like, I'm curious to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, that, again, that's why winning a Stanley cup, that's the, that's the ultimate journey. And it's very comparable. <laughs> and then, so John Cooper, my brain hears blah, blah, blah. It simplifies into things that I'm like, Oh, this applies. So it. John Cooper, the uh, longtime coach of the lightning, the Blackhawks beat them in the Stanley cup final in 2005, I believe it was something like that. He's been a coach and for them anyway, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's been with them a lot. And he's from BC also. He's from BC, but, um, Prince George, I believe, but, um, you know, so they interviewed him after they lost and, and he had yet to win a Stanley cup. He had yet to win one and they lost in six games. So they interviewed him, you know, how they always interview the losing coach and he looked in the camera. I'll never forget this. And he said, I never pictured myself doing this interview. He never even thought about it. He never envisioned it. He just envisioned being the winning coach. And then 
I believe they won it the next year or the year after. And them losing in the final uh, to the Blackhawks, that was part of the journey. So it wasn't just a one-run trip through the playoffs journey. It was a, a collective effort. And winning the Stanley Cup would not have been as sweet without getting you know, the ultimate disappointment of getting that far and then losing. Uh, two at the time was a better team. The Hawks were better than them that year. But but um, that's what the journey is. Yeah. It, that's what it is, is you go through that horrible, I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, you played at a very, think about getting almost to winning the Stanley Cup. Every, well, frankly, every Canadian person's dream, I would think. And then a lot of Americans who, you know, love hockey. But like to get to that level and then not get there, but then using that as a motivation for getting there. Now they've won what two or three. So that's what, but that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah. It's essential. Yeah. You know, I can't, sometimes it's hard for me to imagine because that is such a grind after playing <laughs> an 82 game season. Oh, like people don't oh. understand. Like these guys Free are playing season. every second night, man. Can I tell you something that I know you'll appreciate? So when yeah. I, uh, I covered the NHL. This is boy. This is I was doing freelance stuff in college. So this is 90, 98, 98 or ninety seven. And I went to one of the Blackhawks. That was a very intense. That was a savage time for hockey. Oh, there was that was, was full Red Wings Avalanche kill each other. Savage. Yeah, that was you know Cicerelli. Yeah. Uh, Savagery. Uh, oh, who was the really dirty guy? Uh, French Canadian. Um, oh God, the dirty Claude guy. Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Oh, just the dirty <laughs> Draper. They had an HBO special on that last summer. It came out. It was. Oh. Got it. You got to see. Have you seen that HBO special? No, but there? I'll watch that because I, I love reliving that. Point. It was basically all about the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche rivalry. So they Great. interview everybody from the teams. They talk about how much they hated each other. Yeah, and made it better. Made Sorry, it I didn't better. mean to interrupt you there. I just wanted to like interject to people that are listening, like that. Yeah. That was like a that was like a great time to be involved in what you're it doing. It all ties together. It all ties. And then, so during that time, I went to um, <clears throat> a preseason, like the Blackhawks trained at like some, a local hockey rink. And then they had, so they had this personal trainer, uh, had had some of the Blackhawks, including uh, Bob, Bob Probert, RIP, on a, uh, on a mm. stationary bike, up like a free Peloton. I have never seen anyone work out that hard in my entire life. I've, I was like... I almost passed out and I work out all the time, but like, I've never seen anyone prank a bike like that. It was amazing. And Bob then Probert? Like, Bob Probert. He I've probably, never uh, he probably, you know what? Before the Coke or whatever. You know. He probably did a big line before he did it. He probably <laughs> did. I mean, he probably did again. RIP, but like, but rest in peace. it was, yeah, just like, uh, that was just a preseason workout. And then just all those games, the preseason games, playoffs, and like, you don't shave. I mean, it's, it's just it's, like, it's it, gotta be the, it's one of my favorite times of year. Oh, it's the greatest. Any the, There's two in sports. The two best weekends or weeks or time are the first four days of the NCAA tournament. There's not, that's the greatest. And then the first round of the NHL playoffs, those are the best rounds. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. October is good too. 
October is good too. Yeah. So, so got, we, you got the World Series, which is the only time I ever watch baseball once yeah. in a while. You got NBA starting, and of course, you got NHL. Yeah, it's the and and it's and football and, and NFL's on too. Well, and NFL, and so like again, I simplify everything into a pattern. So, and then being a journalist for so long, and then just talking to people like us all day, I've only seen two only two commonalities between top athlete, top entertainer, top musician, top actor, top entrepreneur. Only two commonalities. One is they have the same mindset. It's those four things, but they don't make excuses. So that's one. And then two, I haven't met one of those people that has not had at least one person who uh, genuinely cared about them. So it could be a coach, a mentor, a parent, a relative, a teacher. I haven't I haven't met a person like that that hasn't had has that has had no one care about them. That would be interesting if that happened. But I just one person that believes in them besides themselves. Mm. That's interesting. Why yeah, do you, if you know someone that hasn't had anyone who cares about them and they're at a certain level, I'd like to meet them. I haven't met that's them. That's such a great point. Like that is a very good point because would you say that that is the person that instills that belief in them that it's possible? Like what what do you think that person what do you think that person what kind of why is that important? Walk us through what you think that is. So one, thank you for asking that too. This is how I learn. This is how I learn in real time. So like the only difference between conversation like this and then our previous ones or ones I have all day is this one's just recorded and then other people will listen to it, but there's no dip. So like, it's just constantly learning, mm. constantly learning. But so I haven't thought about that. What I would venture to say or think about is that People like us, again, they're aliens, right? Within their own family, community, and vertical most of the time. So no one understands us except top entrepreneurs on planet. Yeah. So if you're this person and no one understands or believes in you, I think it would be very hard for you to, you know, communicate this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like most of my life, most of my life, I was talking to people that didn't understand what I was talking about, but there were a couple that did and it was inspiring to have them in my life. And then um, my wife is a pediatrician stabilizing human. But since starting first company, if I have a truly great idea, which is very, it's very rare, maybe one a year, the only person that I need to ask for validation is her. Cause she'll say, yes, that will work. Or she'll say, no, not good. So if, as long as she says, yes, that will work or believes in it, then I know it'll work. That's amazing. I have a question for you about your PR firm. This is a personal question. This is a question that I'm asking, actually asking for myself because okay. I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you mentioned when you started, you yeah. reached out to thousands of people. Now <laughs> yeah. I have a podcast booking company that is recently we've transitioned to that versus podcast production. So I want to focus on helping people, visionary leaders, and the same sort of people get booked on shows, but also do things like PR. So this is great because I'm curious, and this will be helpful for the audience too. If you are getting into something new or, you know, where it it involves, um, you know, getting people and them trusting you, what are some things that I personally could do or that if somebody's looking to maybe, there's a lot of 
PR agencies that suck, right? A lot of I don't know what PR firms do. I've yeah, heard. and 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 it's right. I know you do, and it's a lot of BS. There's a lot of like, <laughs> there's there's just BS out there. So if somebody wants to create a service like, let's say, something where you have to do something for somebody and you know help them, and it's hard to like. You know, it's you got to build that rapport. You got to build that track record. What can people do from oh. your experience? Okay. What is the best? Like, give us three things that can help somebody kind of break through the BS and stand out as being like a good, solid company. Sure. <laughs> um, hold on. So I'm not. Uh, I get confused. So this has this. The blue one has thirty things. Yeah. <laughs> and this one has 30. <laughs> so so he's, pointing, he's pointing to his books, Epic Business and an Epic Life, which was a Wall Street bestseller. Yeah. Correct? So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So Epic Business, I'm only mentioning this. I'll simplify it. No, we, I, I was going to dive into them, but I'm glad you brought them up. because well, that's what they are. Yeah. Talk yeah. is meaningless to me without an answer. So Epic Business is um, uh, on companies. 30 month anniversary, I posted 30 things I had learned from top entrepreneurs on planet and incorporated them into first company with zero, zero business background. I still don't know what an S corp is. Cause I think that's funny, but I didn't know you had to pay taxes four times a year or any of that. Like I don't, that's not why you get into journalism. So that one's how to build a company with zero business background that only partners with visionaries. Okay. So that's the Epic business. And then Epic life is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. I talked to two yeah. you know, people like us every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from anything meaningful. Um, so if you want 60 things, you could get both, both but with the, um, um, and then I'm grateful that uh, Dr. Peter Viamontis wrote the forward for Epic Life and then Chris Voss who wrote Never Split the Difference to uh, the forward for Epic Business. So they don't. So let's, don't let's, let's just pause for a second for everybody yeah. to know. Okay, so Chris Voss is <laughs> from what's that? What's his newest book? The I'll never split the difference. Never splits the difference. He's amazing. Yeah, he's very he well known. He doesn't. No, yeah. that's amazing. And can you explain Peter? How do I say his last name again? Peter Diamandis. He's yeah. the top futurist on the planet. Yeah, and he's like partners with Tony Robbins, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. I was just at a meeting last week where Tony and Peter were speaking. So yeah, so kind of a right. kind of kind of big deals as you are too, which is amazing. Well, so, thanks. I mean, my, my wife <laughs> shaking her head. <laughs> hey man, we gotta we gotta pump your tires a bit. Hear that, honey, let's, hear that. let's go. Let's go. So I've got to know. Um, around people like us, I just I'd like have endless empathy and endless illusion. I just don't understand people making excuses. So like a regular dinner party is a, a nightmare for me and. I just don't, I, I try to communicate, but it's very, you know, aliens. Right. But yeah. so I appreciate you saying that, but of course, man, of course. Now that, you know, what, what I've learned is, well, again, you're either born a top entrepreneur or not. I'm very convinced of that because those four things, a, a non top entrepreneur will make excuses with those four things. Okay. An entrepreneur will not. So, but if you are one of those people, which is rare, I'd, I'd venture to say my, our firm's, partner with maybe one out of a thousand people. It's probably less than that, but so 0.1% of 8 billion is 8 million. So there's 8 million of us on the planet. That's a lot of people. But so if you are born one of those 8 million, I just work on my mindset every day. Uh, favorite pattern that brain has come up with is uh, 
uh, right mindset attracts right network and creates right opportunities. So, uh, and then wrong mindset uh, repels right network and creates no opportunities. So I just work on my on my mindset every day um, and constantly practicing gratitude, constantly practicing gratitude. Mm. Amazing. Okay. But what are the, let's, what is the stuff on the ground? That's, that you had? that's number one. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Because that's the number one thing. Like I haven't done anything outbound in years. And then I'll give you an example. Did you so, reach out to people though? That you, that you just at like, the start? Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, like, let's yeah. say people, Cause there's, there's a lot of people that are wanting to start business. That's the now. first book. That's so, literally, yeah, that's so, literally, okay. So we'll go back to that. So, so let's just, let's just, just to break it down. So like people are, there's a lot of people that are going to want to start businesses, right? Like a lot of people are like, you know, whether they're coaches or whatever it is, service yeah, right. what would you say yeah. would, would be what's, what's the way to get things going with obviously you do it. No, yeah, I don't. So again, like, I don't understand people that don't do things. You either do something or you don't. Um, hmm. What I will. Yeah. So like my litmus test, this is my entire litmus test. Um, my father was 61 when I was born, 61, he'd be 107. 107. Yeah, he'd be 107 if he was alive now. Um, so he was shot down multiple times in World War II. He was a bomber, spot bomber, spotter. Oh, that's bomber. wild. So he was shot down multiple times in combat, many times without a parachute, got back into a plane. So that's an entrepreneur. You either can yeah. do that or not. So someone who's overthinking whether to start or not, they're not really – That's maybe they're a small business owner. That's fine. But they're not a, – a visionary would never – they would never, they would just do it. Um, the other thing, the other thing is a, a pattern that's helpful. If this is helpful is I just keep making bigger investments to be in smaller rooms, but the people in those rooms are making bigger impacts. And that allows me to spend biggest investment in smallest room, which is my family where I can make the most impact. So I'll unpack that for people starting journey. If it's helpful, the first uh, networking group I was in was maybe $250 a year. No one understood what I was talking about in that, but I, you know, I'm still in it because loyal. But so then there was a $500, then there was a thousand, then there was 2000, a uh, US dollars. Then there was 5,000 at the 10,000 level. I'd say 10 to 15% of the people understood what I was talking about. Um, now I'm in two that are 25 K a year each easily would invest 50k a year each and then not only do the people understand what i'm talking about i can actually learn a great deal they're far more evolved uh far more evolved than me but it didn't start out as 50k a year each it started out as 250k or excuse me 250 dollars 250 you just keep making bigger investments so did you get your first five or ten clients from that or did you just kind of knock on doors email people and call people and how did you do that with no testimonials? Because this is where people I hear. No, 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 no. That, no, that someone who's asking that doesn't, they don't, you just get back into a plane without a parachute. No, no, no. So, no, I had a big following from social media as a journalist. Yeah. So I just reached out to all of those people. Right. Um, but that's what it, I mean, one of, um, uh, you just reach my, out, add value, and then they, they just reach out. I mean, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, there's four steps of a, a business owner or whatever that you want to call it. So there's four things that I've seen. One is get to get, 
That's reaching out to 5,000 people to get first five clients. If you'd like to stay and get to get and get one out of a thousand people, go for it. I would recommend not doing that, but some people actually stay and get to get their whole life. Okay. What, so what does that mean exactly? Just to break it down for people. Okay. Yeah. You're high in context and input. All right. So, well, um, I just, I know, you know, what the, the listeners, I, I like to break it down for them as, as, okay. as I can. I will do that. Well, okay. So, uh, so get to get, I needed to make income after my job salary was cut in half and I had right. no idea what I was doing. So I'm like, just reached out to as many people as possible. That's right. totally fine. You're starting a company. Great. Okay. Then you get to get to give. So you're mostly getting your get, let's say you give two intros to get 10. So, okay. You're giving a little bit, but you're mostly still trying to get definitely most people stop at that. Then you get to the third level, give to get. So you give seven intros, but you're still trying to get two back. Okay. 99.9% of the world, that's where business owners, consultants, humans, they stop. They stop at that. Then you get to the true visionary, true visionary entrepreneur level. That's give to give, but only to the people who get it. Give to give, but only to the... So I constantly give... I constantly give intros to people, whether or not I get anything back, but they have to understand what I'm talking about because someone who, uh, uh, gives to someone who gives to give, but not, but just to everyone, a person who gives to give, uh, um, does not want to be introduced to someone who doesn't get it because that's a pointless, it's a pointless conversation into nothing. Um, and then you damage your relationships with the people that give to give, but only to the people who get it. So I will endlessly give to give, but only to the people who get it endlessly. That's a great point. Thank how you. do you, how do you know who gets it? And you are high in input. So again, all these answers are, are in the book. <laughs> like, so I might bring in spot patterns. So we only part, and this is, this is, for my world, my network. If, if someone wants to partner with uh, uh, middle management or some a company that makes between five hundred thousand and two million, that's fine. I just I only want to talk to visionaries. Okay, so we only partner with visionaries who live in abundance and who look at things as investments, not costs. So there's no cost scarcity. There's no what do you cost or charge. If someone asks me that, I'll just never talk to them. I mean, because someone who asks what does an investment with you look like does not want to be introduced to someone that asks what is the cost or charge they don't want to deal with that because they don't get it mm -hmm. um and then in colby world there are very few except there are some exceptions but overwhelming majority of the folks i talk to are at least a seven quick start 10 is the highest um, most people i talk to are eight nine and ten quick starts i'm a seven hmm. interesting I love I love this kind of stuff because we don't talk about this stuff enough on the show. I do all day. See, we this is why this is great because I don't talk about business owner stuff. It's annoying to me. I don't that's not why you get into journalism. And then again, higher up on the food chain, no one ever talks about business. The the most insulting question that anyone can ask me uh is uh what do you do that's the most insult because like nobody cares it's who you it's who you, well at least the visionaries they, they so, want to understand can we explain that level that you're talking about because i feel like that's a level that some people haven't maybe they don't even know. well i just gave the four that's i look so thank you i mean so that's they, it's all, like, like above that. the clouds it's like everyone else is in the plane. This, and i don't go, land the plane yeah I, so you, you're going above the clouds and that's like, that's the mindset 
hundred percent that those people have because they're aliens within their own family community and vertical. The only people that understand us are top. That's what I mean. So having a conversation that with someone that doesn't understand what you're talking about is pointless because not only do they not understand, but they're not going to be able to do anything with it anyway. So it's, it's pointless. At what point did you realize that you were at that level or that I give you, you a were, good story? Yeah. Give us a story. For sure. So this again is the value of everything's an investment. There are no costs. So I was in one of those $500 a year groups and I hadn't, still was having meetings, had lunch with uh, one of the people. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I, he's like, I don't know. But he's like, the owner of my company does. Um, so can I introduce you to him? I'm like, yeah, sure. So that person's name is Gary Clavin. He's super successful financial entrepreneur. He graduated first uh, in his Army Rangers graduating class. He like He's like Rain Man type memory with numbers and stuff. And, um, and so it was, he's like, oh, you, you don't need to be in $500 a year room. You need to be in 10,000 a year. So I'm like, okay. And so then I just wrote the check. So that was 2019. So I always knew I was this person. I was just waiting to find people who understood what I was talking. What did you do though? To get to that level, though, at the mindset level, like what was there? No, 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 no. Practiced? No, I was just talking like that. I mean, you were already like I was that? talking like this in some capacity. What I mean, kind of what kind of like upbringing did you have with parents in that? Did you did they have that kind of mentality as well, or well? Because I was so always... chapter one in the new book is the cream rises to the top. So my dad was a war hero. Mm. And he, every day that he was alive, he would say the cream rises to the top. So we just partner with the cream that rises to the top. So that's my dad. He was an attorney in the Nuremberg trials, um, wow. came from nothing. Wow. Thank, thank you. Yeah. So that's my litmus. But, um, and then my mom was 27 when I was born. Uh, when my dad was in his late fifties, a uh, drunk driver hit him head on. A drunk driver was killed instantly. Uh, dad broke every bone in his body, but survived. And then my mom was his nurse. So that's how they met. Whoa. Just the story. And then most of my days talking to the world's top entrepreneurs. And I haven't met one with more hustle than my mom ever. So, hmm. so that's, I'm the combination of that. If you had to think about the biggest challenge in your journey that you've overcome that has had the biggest impact on who you are today, what would you say? There's two things. One, oh, well, you asked for one. I'll give you one. Or one or two, whatever comes well, I always One was finding people who understood what I was talking about. That was mm. interesting. When, when, you when, you, um, when you spend most of your life having conversations that are one way and people don't understand, that gets kind of annoying. But now I, I just found people who understood Two, at the end of uh, 2018, because um, you don't go into journalism to make money. That's not why you do it. It's all about purpose. But at the end of 2018, about two years into first company, I'd made more money in one year uh, than I ever thought possible. And I'd never been more miserable in my life. So I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I'm glad I went through that. I learned a lot that more money doesn't equal more happiness. Um and that was an essential, that was like the lightning, not making, not winning the Stanley cup that year. And then they wound up winning. What does, what, what did you realize did bring you happiness? Like what lit you up? Great what? question. Yeah. You're a deep listener and thinker and an empath. Um, mm. I can hear it. The, um, 
Well, what I learned is spending time with my family. That's what, and then growing my network. That's it. All this other stuff I found is taking care of itself. But it was really interesting to, because people talk about material stuff and making more money. Um, so I'm like, oh, that's supposed to make me happier. But it actually made me more miserable, which was very interesting and unexpected. But I think an essential, I think it was essential to go through that, to understand what entrepreneur life actually is and then to realize how the i guess for lack of a better term business cycle works i didn't because like when you get a check every two weeks your whole life you're not used to like making 50 60k in one month and then you can go a month or two without making anything it's a weird it's just weird so now i'm i'm used to it now um i just wasn't used to it back then i didn't understand how it worked Mm. Did you buy a bunch of, bunch of stuff and be like, oh, I don't want it's, this isn't the thing that I thought. Mm. So that's a good. Mm. So the, there's that love languages book mm. um, and I'm 0. 0.0 in gifts. I never want I if there was a negative for getting gifts, that would be me Do never buy me anything. Um, however, I like to frivolously spend on other people. Um, which is fun for me. Like whenever, whenever we, um, whenever we get like a new partner or something with PR or the second company, I, I try to get my kids something nicer, like go to like a, a nice game, sit in nice seats or something, but like frivolously spending on myself. No. Um, it was just more of like, it was more of not understanding how the cycle worked and then realizing that it's okay to, you know, you'll have a big month. And then you might not have a big month the next month or even two or three months, but then it always comes back as long as you're constantly continue to build your mindset because that attracts better and better people, cooler and cooler people, I should say, not better. Cooler. Makes sense. Yeah. So you've rubbed shoulders with a lot of awesome people. Yeah. Is there anybody, well, I'm sure there's a few, but one that stands out as like that really inspires you and you're like wow like this this person is they you know how there's somebody sometimes where they resonate you resonate with them and you're just like wow it like they like bring something out of you and yeah. you're like man that guy gets me wanting to be better at what i do or whatever and for me it was tony robbins the first time i saw him unleash the power within it was like game changer for me personally who has that been for you? Is there anybody or a couple people? Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds. Well, Can you think well, about thousands? Like, yeah. Is there well, anybody I mean, that stands out? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I'll, I mean, as simple and easy as it is, it's definitely my dad. I mean, like, so I think m most sons have good relationships relationships with their father. I mean, it, it was different with because, like, war hero, Nuremberg trials attorney, um, uh, he had survived like so he kept a diary of his um experiences fighting in the battle of the hurricane forest which was a very deadly battle towards the end of world war ii um i found it after he died and uh i write exactly like he does just boom 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 inform and entertain like no bs no fluff and then if an excuse ever pops into my head i'll just go i'll just go downstairs and read that diary because it just gets more horrific every single day it's just like how did anyone survive this and so when he was alive i got the person who had survived all of that and who had had a great life and was and it all, probably should have died in that drunk driving accident the drunk driver who hit him but he survived all that and then he was grateful to have a family so i got 
that type of wisdom and still am getting it, but that type of wisdom and knowledge with that type of love and a, appreciation of just being alive and then having children. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's number one. Um, I'd say Dan Sullivan's number two. He's the uh, co-founder, strategic coach, very confident saying that's you know, top entrepreneur, one of the top entrepreneur groups in the world. And Dan's, you know, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest entrepreneurial coaches who's ever lived. And so what makes him great. <laughs> So, um, so many things. I love uh, this. I love like I'm, just deconstructing. Like, yeah, you're a deconstructor, Pat, <laughs> and you're, you'd be a good journalist. Um, so, like, what you're doing with me—that's what I do with others. I listen, and then, what do you think about that? Mm. Keep asking new questions. What do you think about? He's great because um, this is this is above the clouds. I don't think anyone else is going to answer it this way. If, if if they, if you ask them, but this is what I think of him. So the fundamental purpose of any living thing is to create more living things. I'm, I, I mean, I, otherwise there'd be no living. There'd be nothing living. Dan and his wife Babs, who are brilliant entrepreneurs, they do not have children. They do not have children. However, strategic coach, their company is just like a giant family. And so he's poured his fundamental purpose of life or what I think is fundamental purpose of life into having children into his company. So it's far more than a company. It's far more than a, a job. It's like literally like his family and child. So I think that's what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the more I feel like as I start to, pursue more growth in, in this journey I'm starting to see or just just in general I feel like things are changing and I'm starting to see how much more people value their families as like that's who they are they're a dad or a mom or they're a parent and it's like it's so great to hear because right. that's not that wasn't how it was before that's was why like, I wrote the book <laughs> You know, you it was like your family for this. It was like, oh, I'm this. I was like, well, no, you're 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 a parent. Like, you're a mom. Like when mom, like I say, to, moms don't get enough credit too. Like it's like to be a mother. That's the number one. That's the most uh, amazing job that you could possibly have. It's the fundamental reason for any living thing. That's what it is. Yeah, and it's like it's so cool that you say that, and it's like it, it really shows how somebody is as a parent. Yeah. how they are as a person and i don't have kids so you will though i will yeah but it's just interesting because i'm noticing that come up a lot more lately and i like yeah. that i like hearing that because that is really really what matters right right it's like <laughs> how do you raise humans like how like that's that's the that's so important how are you as a family man or right. you know a mom like it's it's great. And I thank you for bringing that up and saying that because it's, it's a good thing for people to remember that that's really the most important thing. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Well, one, we're not doing the fundamental reason for any living thing. I mean, I just don't think there's an argument against it because otherwise there's no life. Um, there's no life, but like, no, I mean, I'm a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur who happens to be a dad. There's a fundamental difference. And then Epic Life is how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. So that's a message. I, to me, that's the only message. I don't know the argument around that. Um, 
And then I was like that before COVID. COVID certainly fast-tracked it. But, I mean, before COVID, was spent more time with my kids than any dad I ever met, and I just spent more time with them. But, like, again, when you talk to one to two people every – again, all I do is talk to visioners. So when you talk to one to two people like that every single week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from anything meaningful, that's that's not a good idea. So – that's what the book's about is like how not to do that. In fact, making your family collaborative in, the, in that journey. How do you define a visionary? Great question. <clears throat> yeah. So again, everything's in a, a pattern. Everything's a pattern. So business owners, they care about revenue or whatever that is. They care about revenue, employee count, office space, uh, material things, material. So they're trying to change their world there there. I do not talk to their world people. So a true visionary, they care about spending time with loved ones, purpose, connectivity. They're trying to change the world, the fundamental difference, fundamental. Mm, the world. The, not there. Yeah. This question just came to me and I feel like it's very appropriate. I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever asked this, but I think yeah. I may ask it more. What do you want to be known for when being a good dad? That's it. Your that's kids. It. No, want, that's it. Being yeah. a good dad. That's, that's all. It. That's all I really care. Well, no, because if you I can't, your kids to can't say, have that, I you can't. Say, your kids to say, my dad was a good dad. Hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. That's amazing. All, none of this other stuff matters without that. None of it. And people can try and say, tell you that it does. It mm. doesn't. So I talked to, well, I'll give you an example. I was talking to, uh, this guy's, uh, he's very, very wealthy. He's trying to solve uh, poverty, economy, homelessness issues throughout uh, the U.S. He's going through a horrible divorce. His middle child doesn't talk to him, hasn't talked to him in years. Uh, the other ones, they're starting to come around. But uh, terrible divorce, terrible relationship with his family. Guy's most miserable, it's just miserable. Miss mm. and uh people ask me all the time they're like what worries about you with your companies like nothing nothing worries me about that and they're like what do you worry about i go anything happening to my wife that would be that would be a bad situation that i actually am worried about if anything happened to her yeah but no i mean it's not like to me it's just very simple it's like why would you why would you sacrifice your family for this life i just can't even understand that like why you would do that but again that's coming from a foundation of being a journalist yeah. and not taking any business classes not understand not being around entrepreneurs most of my life unless i was interviewing them like in this capacity but so i just never understood that um so it's great to not be around that most of my life because you can just start fresh i got a fun question for you a little less, less, uh, a little lighten up the mood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love this though, man. This is so good. Yeah, me too. And, and I just, you, you interviewed a lot of cool people in sports. Yeah. Who sticks out as one that you're like, oh my God, I got to interview him. I'm so excited. Uh, can... Michael Jordan at his, uh, <laughs> get out of here. Second retirement concert, uh, uh, news conference when he retired from the Bulls the second time. Get out of here. You interviewed Jordan. Well, it was weird. There were like hundreds of journalists there. What was and, he? What was he like? Because I've I've watched the documentaries. But uh, oh well, so I also attended his youth basketball camp as a. I was like, 10, eleven when I went there. That's so cool, man. 
Um, <laughs> he's so a cool. human. I mean, he's a human. I mean, he's not a human, but he's. No, he's. I remember he's, him working out like they were. He would do like scrimmages with the campers and stuff. And uh, then he he was. I mean, he went all out. He so he he. I remember this because he. Um, he was only wearing his uh, his basketball shorts afterwards because he was like, and he just, he was like, like it was a full like Bob Probert on the bike workout, but playing a game. And then he was just breathing heavily. I'm like, this guy doesn't need to be, he doesn't need to be working out like that for with like you. <laughs> but he did, he was. He was like, and then the other one was around Tiger Woods um, at the Western Open at Cog Hill. And it was fascinating to be next to him because he was um, he was like literally on his own, not literally, but figuratively like on his own planet, because from all directions, people were calling his name from all and including like people in the media, which they're not supposed to be doing, like asking him for autographs and stuff. Some of them were. And he just it was like singularly focused, totally focused and like in a way I'm like that in terms of my focus on my family and network, but he was at a different level of like completely ignoring anything that was a distraction. It was really interesting to see, to Mm. see that. That tends to be what they say a lot. Kobe used to say that too. It's like, Oh, absolutely. To get completely removed distractions. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so many things trying to get you off your path. I know because like when I played sports, you know, I didn't understand it. But, you know, there's this window. They say the game of inches, right? Right. There's this window of opportunity. And you got the more your opportunity, the better level you get to, the more temptation gets thrown at you. Oh, parties, girls, food. Oh, it's all here. But what you you have to have the foresight to understand there's going to be more of this just stay focused now, but it's hard. That's why nobody majority of people don't make it because well, they don't have, again, there's two common. They don't make excuses. They never quit. Yeah. Most people quit or make excuses. And then two, they had one other, you know, at least one person. But again, you're either meant to be someone like this or you're not. That's like, like the people who are asking at the start of this journey, they ask me seven questions. I'm like, no, no, no. You're Kobe Bryant would not have just Michael Jordan. I got cut from my high school team. Okay. Whatever. I mean, you just just figure, I mean, God, Tiger Woods has been through more. He's like the ultimate. He's so interesting because he's been through so much trauma and like for the whole world to see, he's just such an interesting, he's like the perfect case study for like entrepreneur life. Like, cause it's just like everything that one person could, you know, from racism to like just oh. public affairs, dr- like drug wow. driving, like pure. Yeah, he's in all four. I mean, he's definitely in all. Like his dad, he would be golfing uh, in, on like a practice, and then his dad would have women just going into their uh, trailer yeah. to have sex with while he was practicing. It's crazy. I watched that documentary about I mean, it. But that's entrepreneur. I mean, that's not entrepreneur life, but that is. I mean, that's what it is. You know, the thing about Tiger, which I find fascinating and golf is that to be able to do what he did you're essentially by yourself you don't have team to lean on yeah he has his caddy but like somebody let's say hockey player jordan basketball yes you're like the main guy 
but you have a team to lean on golf. You don't have, you're all there and everything is on you. Yes. That is like a different level that I, I don't even know. I can't even imagine how much pressure that guy must've felt. Like how does somebody like that have that kind of calmness in a game of golf? Well, he was trained for it. So His dad was a war hero. To think he about was- it. Well, again, I mean, like the level of focus and precision to, to hit a golf ball and to deal with that kind of pressure. Right. Most people do that. That's why they're not. I just only understand the people that what, you know, a top entrepreneur can hit the golf ball. That's what in terms of yeah. what they're good at. Like the, that's what it is. So like, I'm really good at being a dad and then connecting people like us, people like us. That's just me hitting the golf ball every day. Ultra focus. There's, there's no difference. That's true. That. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, that's what it, it's all it is. So most, one of the chapters in the, um, in the new book is clear the mechanism. Um, that's from, uh, for love of the game, terrible movie. Uh, Kevin Costner was a pitcher, uh, for the Tigers. He threw a perfect game. So, but before every inning, he would say clear the mechanism and then all this noise in the background, it would just go away. And then he was just totally focused on the batter and then the catcher's glove. So that's my life. It's just clear the mechanism. Yeah. Clear the mechanism. So Tiger Woods, clear the mechanism, hit the ball, hit the ball, hit the ball. Mm. Hit the, yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you, do you have like a morning routine or yeah. ritual? What do oh you yeah. Do? My whole life is morning. Yeah. My whole life is patterns and habits. So one, it? yep. First thing I do every day is a grateful journal to my wife. What I'm grateful for, for her the previous 24 hours every day. Six days a week, run outside, no matter the weather conditions. We live in Chicago, so horrible weather is mostly what happens here. So between three and five miles, uh, six days a week, done that for like 20 years. And then I listen to shows like this while I'm running. So get the brain, get the heart, lungs, muscles going. And then three, Monday through Friday, do a grateful journal on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll include this and that. Um, so that's, and then just constantly talking to visionaries, it just reinforces and then evolves those patterns and habits. Um, and then you, people like you ask me great questions about like why Dan Sullivan's so great or what I'm, why am I thinking about it this way? And that's, that's how I learn. And so you'd never stop getting better ever. Mm. Mm. Love it. If somebody right now is listening and they're struggling in their life, what advice would you have for them today to walk stop. with? Yeah, stop doing that. Yeah. Stop doing that and do what instead? Stop struggling. Do <laughs> take action. I don't so there's 34 strength finders, 34. Um uh, Gal Clifton Strength Finders. I'm dead last in empathy, second to last in includer. Um for top entrepreneurs on planet, I have endless empathy, endless inclusion. I do not understand people complaining about things. I'm I I don't that makes no sense. You're either someone who can get like my dad was shot down multiple times. One of the passages in his diary, he watched, uh, I'll just tell this so you understand. So, um, he was, this is in the Epic life book. I put it, but the, uh, he was watching, he was on the ground that day, but he was watching three American planes against one Nazi plane. The Nazi plane, uh, shot down the first two American planes, but the third American plane got the Nazi plane. And then the Nazi pilot jumped out of the plane uh, but his parachute didn't open. So my dad watched him went and just explode on the ground. So he went over there to the body, him and my dad's American soldier friends. And 
they got the paperwork of the the pilot that exploded in front of them and um uh the pilot was 17 and on his first mission ever so i just don't <laughs> you're talking to the wrong person if someone's complaining about i don't understand if it's that level of complaint maybe i just don't <laughs> i don't understand it now i married a full empath my partner for second company is very high in empathy so found collaborative empathy but like people complain i mean entrepreneur would never complain they would just they so, would do it so what you're saying is instead of complaining take that energy and put it into action okay well thank you for humanizing that <laughs> i just i don't i don't understand the latter i mean like literally one of my uh one of my buddies his dad uh beat him up when he was five, beat him up, threw him out of the car, and then drove away. And this guy's had multiple eight, nine-figure companies. So he just left him on the side of the road. Another one of the PR partners, his grandfather was decapitated in front of him in Burma, not Myanmar, Burma. So then he and his dad went to Hong Kong with $10 in their pocket uh, when he was like 10. Uh, and then he created two eight-figure businesses, and then he hired my PR firm for a third, for this third his mom has Alzheimer's dementia, so he created an at-home robot for people with Alzheimer's dementia. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's an that's entrepreneur life. I don't, yeah. they didn't complain, they just did something about it. So what you're saying is if somebody is, if you are going to complain, stop it and read about a, somebody that has gone Man through way worse. Than, yeah. Have you read Man's Search for Meaning? Yes, I've got about yeah, halfway through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's number one. I just like to give somebody some action steps. So read the answer for meaning. That's yeah, a that's good. this. If you guys are struggling, go get that book and read it, and then see. That's number you. one. Boom! There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. So your advice for them walking away is stop it and get that book, and your book. I mean, I. Man's search for meaning is number one. I would mm-hmm. say my dad's diary is number two. I haven't, I haven't and published then, the whole thing, but I. Put and if some, you want to have an epic business and epic life, get the epic business and epic life. Well, again, if you're not a litmus test for the people you serve, you're a hypocrite. So, uh, purpose of life is to be connecting superhero for every visionary who shares their stories with the world. So I am visionary sharing my story with the world. So right. I don't. I mean, if if that's what you want, I mean, the book is certainly a it's a shortcut to that with lots of answers, but really it comes down to someone actually executing and taking action. That's really what, and not complaining about it. You just right. do it. Just doing it. Where can we learn more about you? If people are more interested more going deeper with what you do, what's the best place? How do people get into your world? Sure. Uh, one, this is a tremendous interview. You are a deep thinker, very high on input and context. It's, it's interesting to thank you, man. To Appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, no, I mean, uh, the, the book is called, the newest one is called Epic Life. So, and then company's called Brepic. So Justin Breen, I'm all over the place. So yeah. happy to talk to any visionary, true visionary. I love talking to them. Amazing. Dude, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Only the beginning, my friend. Only the beginning. And we got an amazing playoff run ahead of us. We got, uh, what is it? Three months? imagine and i want you to think about this because this could happen okay and i'm not a futurist but i could see this maple leafs oilers stanley cup final could be chaos if that happens oh 
Yeah. I can't. The whole country will shut down. I don't even want to get too excited. There's still a there's still a possible battle a battle of Alberta between that would be fine. Edmonton Calgary in the final conference final, and then potentially oh. Oilers versus Edmonton versus Toronto final. Alberta would burn down. I mean, that would. It's, be, I, oh. I, I I don't even I can't even handle the thought of it. But I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun, and you know, these uh, I I like. I like your perspective and I like, you know, talking about this stuff. It's, it's cool. So thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you as well. Thank you. Thanks everybody.